The first reading is from Luke chapter 2, and I'll be reading verses 8 to 19. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the second reading is from Isaiah chapter 9, and I'll be reading verses 2 and then 6 and 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Thank you, uh, Keith. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, on this Christmas morning, uh, we thank you for bringing us together now. And I just ask that the words of my mouth would um, express the thoughts of your heart and you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Just looking through uh, our Christmas cards this year, I was struck by how many of them have the word peace. I've got them here. So we've had this one, peace at Christmas. Just uh, a little dove and just the word peace. We've got peace on earth, we've got peace at Christmas, and again, peace on earth. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six cards on peace. Peace is something we long for at Christmas, and we tend to think of Christmas as a time of peace. When work stops for a few days so that our loved ones can gather, when we just hope that people will be a little bit kinder to one another, um, when we pray that family arguments and differences can be set aside for a day just so that we can all get on. And we particularly think 
of those places in the world where there is war and Christmas is a, a time when we really yearn for peace and we think particularly of Ukraine in its uh, second Christmas of war and of course the hostilities in Israel and uh, Gaza. But of course the main reason the words Christmas and peace go together is because we believe that Jesus came to bring peace and our reading from Isaiah that Keith just read, foretells the coming of Jesus as the Prince of Peace. And of course, when the angels appear to the shepherds, they declare that the Saviour will bring peace on earth. But is there peace on earth? Well, in one sense, no. Conflicts remain between nations, communities, and even families. So we know that the promised peace is yet to come in all its fullness. But at the same time, we do see Jesus' peace touching the world and transforming people's lives and in all sorts of situations in different ways. So what I want to do this morning is just to share with you three Bible verses and three short stories that illustrate the kind of peace that Jesus brings. And just remind us why the word peace appears on our Christmas cards so often. Now, we thought a few days ago that we might not have anyone doing the projection. So I went old school and I put so much work in going to old school. I thought, you know, I'm sticking with old school this morning and we'll see how it works. So the first verse is Romans 5.1. Now that we have been put right with God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the first story is the story of the peace child. In 1962, a Canadian couple, Don and Carol Richardson, felt called to leave their home and move to Papua New Guinea and live amongst the Sawi people, that's S-A-W-I, the Sawi people. They spent many years there learning their language and their customs and they grew to love the Sawi very much. And they wanted to find a way to tell the Sawi about Jesus. But the customs and culture of these people were so different, they really struggled to find a way that they could share the gospel in a way that it would, it would make sense. But then a breakthrough moment came when Don found out about an ancient practice the Sawi people used to end hostilities between villages. And this was the offering of the peace child. And this was how it worked. I'm going to ask Robin, could you come up? And could you come up with uh, Joshua? Is that all right? And who, who else? We've got someone from over here. Who, who um, uh, let, let's, let's find a parent with, with, a, with a child. Um, yeah, um, go on then, Merrin, yes. Okay, Katie, come up with Merrin, all right. So if you... If you stand here, that's right. And the way it worked is that someone from one of the villages would give their son to the other, to the other village. So, Katie, you get some Marion. You come over here. Good luck. So Robin would go to the other village and Marion would come to Robin's village. And when Don and uh, Caroline saw how hard it was for the parents to give up their children and to hand their child over to the other village, they suddenly saw a link, a way that they could explain what God had done. 
that the baby born in Bethlehem, Jesus, was actually God's peace child to end the hostility between God and humankind. Do you want to go and sit down? You, you can either sit with your new parent or you can sit. Um... <laughs> so when Jesus came to earth, born as a baby in Bethlehem, God was offering to humanity his peace child because while that child was alive, there would be no hostilities between the two villages. The Bible talks about all of us being like sheep, taking our own path, ignoring God, and even acting as though God were our enemy. And Jesus came to end this war between us and God and bring peace. And that's possibly the most precious kind of peace we can experience, God's peace in our hearts through Jesus. Our second verse of scripture is Luke 1, uh, 79. He will shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Now, these are the words of Zechariah, who was John the Baptist's father. And John the Baptist came to, to herald in, to prepare the way for Jesus. So he was speaking about Jesus, that Jesus will shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, and Jesus will guide our feet into the path of peace. These are the words. Oh, no, sorry, I've just said that. Yeah. So and my second story is the story of the Christmas truce of 1914 in the First World War. Now, in July 1914, England and her allies went to war with Germany in the battlefields of northern France. Soldiers on both sides lay in trenches, dozens and dozens of miles of, of, of English trenches and German uh, 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 trenches and um, uh, sometimes only 50 or 100 yards apart and they would fire each other, they would throw mortars and many were killed on both sides. But then Christmas came, that first Christmas of the war and there in the midst of the horror something extraordinary happened and this is what a young English soldier called John Maxwell wrote to his mother. Christmas Day 1914. Dearest mother, I am writing this in the trenches in my dugout with a wood fire going and plenty of straw. It's rather cosy, although it is freezing and a real Christmas weather. I think I have seen one of the most extraordinary sights today day that anyone has ever seen. About 10 o'clock this morning, I was peeping over the parapet when I saw a German waving his arms and presently two of them got out of their trenches and came towards ours. We were just going to fire on them when we saw they had no rifles. So one of our men went out to meet them. And this was the start of what became known as the Christmas truce. Soon, more and more soldiers on both sides came out of their trenches. They met together in the mud and the wasteland of no man's land. They began talking and laughing with one another. They exchanged chocolates and cigarettes, and they wrote each other's names on slips of paper. And those with cameras took uh, pictures. And here's a picture of the soldiers just meeting, having this Christmas truce. And then, um, Levi, could you throw me your football? Brilliant. Thank you very much. And then it was one of the Germans. The Germans came with a football 
And very soon, dozens of them were having a kickabout on the wastelands. Look at that. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary things to happen. Now, the interesting thing was, along the dozens and dozens of miles of the trenches, these truces broke out just in completely unconnected sections. So it wasn't really one Christmas truce. It was lots of little Christmas truces. I'm going to pass the ball back to you, Levi. But it was the only time that it happened. And people think that actually it's almost unique in the way that it happened. And partly because the commanders on both sides of the army, when they wanted to win a war, the last thing they wanted was their soldiers making friends with the enemy. But the fact that it happened at all was because of Christmas. Something stirred in both the German and the English soldiers' hearts. And they thought to themselves, you know what? Jesus came to bring peace on earth. What are we doing killing one another when today we are meant to be celebrating the Prince of Peace? He will shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. So this is the second kind of peace that Jesus brings. And it's a sort of peace that we long for whenever we hear about news, um, when, whenever we hear news and we see the nations are fighting one another. We long for the feet of the leaders of every nation to be guided into the path of peace. And my third verse and my third story is from Hebrews 12, 14, which says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I'll just pop that across there. And my story is the one I read during our Carols by Candlelight service last Sunday. So if you were there, I hope you enjoy hearing this story for a second time. I came across this story in a magazine, and it's written by someone called Catherine. As a child, I remember watching my dad pick fights with people in our community. There was a specific neighbor that dad grew increasingly toxic towards. He issued judgments against this neighbor publicly and threatened violence on many occasions. One Christmas, our family was sitting around the dinner table. We had no money to buy food and were disheartened because we knew that yet again, a gambling addiction had been the cause of our lack. It felt like the Christmas joy had been sucked right out of the room. We heard a knock on the front door and our angry dad went to answer it. I scooted up behind him, curious to see who the visitor was. There in the doorway stood the very neighbor that dad hated most. Merry Christmas, said our neighbor. I saw no hint of anger on his face, just sincere joy. This is from our family to yours, he said, passing my father a heavy oversized cardboard box. Dad was stunned. He stood there, mouth agape. Our neighbor smiled kindly and left. We returned to the dining room and opened the box. There was a ham, Christmas pudding, 
custard and all the extra Christmas items you could hope for. It contained more food than we needed. It was a more than enough blessing. I will never forget how that brave act of kindness from our neighbour reignited joy in our household that Christmas day. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. So to end, Christmas is a good reminder that in our day-to-day relationships, wherever there may be conflict or unrest, and whatever the cause, we can ask God to make us channels of his peace. We can make a choice to pray for the person that we're, that we're struggling with and ask God to show us what act of kindness we could perform that would unlock or even transform their situation. So three verses and three stories to remind us of three different ways that Jesus came to bring peace at Christmas and always.